0: Welcome back to Create Out Loud with me, Jen Loudon, your creativity mentor, writing coach, and general women's empowerment expert. This is the show where we get into the nitty gritty of how to have a more fulfilling, sustainable, profitable, creative life. And this week, we have a very special guest. me. It's a solo episode. We haven't done one in a while. And it's going to be all about how do you get started? How do you start? That's the question I get the most from prospective clients, students, or when I'm doing a presentation. How do I start? Now, of course, starting is Uncomfortable and strange. Our brains are not interested in going into the unknown. That's not how we stayed alive. It's not how we evolved to carry on and distribute our genes. (laughs) We like to know where we were going at all times and what the threat was. Now, that may seem really silly when you're sitting in your studio or your office or in your bed with your computer, like, oh my God, I'm totally safe here. But there's parts of your brain and biology that don't really believe that. And that's why talking to someone you don't know at a party or going into any kind of situation the first day at a new job, all of these things can be so anxiety provoking more so than the situation warrants. And the same thing is true when you're starting a new creative project. So the first thing you have to do is that thing I'm always talking about just about everywhere, which is you've got to make it emotionally safe to start. And there's a couple of ways that you can do that. One, use your body. You are, in fact, an animal. You are not just a giant head on a stick. So take some deep breaths. Take a walk around the block without anything in your ears, without talking to your neighbors, and just be in your body. Take some deeper breaths. Do a little bit of yoga, I love the sipping breath. It's very good for releasing stress. You take in a full breath and watch that your shoulders don't go right up to your ears. And then you hold it for just a moment and you sip in a little more breath and then you let it out with a big sigh. Do that three or four times. It's really calming. You can also find videos on YouTube of box breathing where you breathe with a triangle or a box as it gets bigger and bigger and then goes back down. Those are really soothing. It only takes a couple of moments. But one of the things that we do when we're thinking about starting is we don't actually take into consideration that starting is scary. So if you start there, if you start with the idea that starting is scary, you're going to do so much better right out of the gate because you're like, okay, of course, I'm going to have some unease or some anxiety. It doesn't have to make logical sense. And most of the time it won't. And I can take care of part of that by calming my body. The next thing you can do that's really useful when you're starting is don't try to work for big swaths of time. A lot of us have a voice on our itty-bitty shitty committee that tells us we're not a real creative, we're not a real writer, we're not a real singer, performer, whatever your genre and medium, if we don't work all the time or for big swaths of time or until we're completely exhausted and falling asleep and trashing ourselves. And if that works for you, great. I'm more of a plotter. I'm more of a chop wood, carry water. That's probably because I've made my living for 30 plus years as a creative. And if you burn out, it's really hard to get back on the horse. Now I've come close to burning out a few times. I don't want to put myself up any pedestal here. So when you're starting a project, you want to do really small amounts of time because it helps lower that fear of the unknown and make it more doable. And you want to give those small packages or what I call teeny tiny containers of time, you want to give them a real clear beginning and end. And this may seem rigid to you, but just try it. Just try it for when you're starting. You don't have to keep going with this if you're more of a get into the flow and lose track of time for hours. That's fantastic. Flow is very motivating for our creative brains. If you can get into flow and stay there, fantastic. Fantastic. But if you're having a hard time starting or, of course, restarting a project, make your teeny tiny container really small with a clear beginning and end. So it might look like 15 minutes. It might look like pick up a pen and make three lines in your sketchbook. You have to make it as small as you need to actually do it. And then don't leave it to vagueness when you'll do that. Maybe it's first thing in the morning in bed while you're drinking your coffee, or maybe it's on the bus while you're commuting. And you're like, for the length of my commute, I don't listen to a podcast. I listen to the same soothing music. I put it in as soon as I sit down on the bus. And for that length of time, I attend to my creative work. Even if I don't produce anything, I don't multitask, I don't check emails. I don't listen to a podcast, et cetera. I just do the sketching or the wordsmithing or whatever it is that you're doing. So teeny tiny containers, make it small and then make it clear when you'll start and Practice stopping at the end of that teeny tiny container, really stopping and leaving the work with acknowledgement that you did what you said you would do, that you showed up for your desire and made progress. That acknowledgement is something I work really hard with my clients and and my students and my programs to make a habit. It's very uncomfortable for a lot of us to acknowledge simply that we showed up. We like to judge the work. And if we had a good day of creating, we're like, yeah, that was fantastic. I celebrate. And if we had a bad day or we struggled or not a lot came out, we pile on on ourselves. And this is terrible terrible for any part of your creative life, but especially at the beginning. You are the worst judge of your work, as Sam Bennett said a couple of weeks ago. And every artist will say that you are the worst judge of your work. Judging your work is a waste of time until way later in the process. You're just starting. So instead of ending a session and then focusing on how it went or what you made, put your attention on the fact that you showed up. And say something to yourself like, yay, I made progress on what I want. This is very important distinction for your willpower. Some research shows that if we sort of celebrate like, look, I did it and and I'm done, you know, not that you're done, but like I, I did that, whoosh, that can actually make us feel like we don't have to return to the work. And so instead we want to not judge the work, not be like, wow, I'm done, but say, wow, I'm making progress. I did what I said I would do. I'm making progress on what I desire. And that can be very motivating to get you back the next day or whenever you do your teeny tiny container. Next idea about starting I do think when you're starting, having regular contact with your project, even if it's for those three strokes in your sketchbook, is really helpful. Think if we start, stop, start, stop, go away from it, come back, we can really, there's no momentum. There's no clarity building. Making those teeny tiny containers really small makes it easier to get to it even in the midst of your busy life. So beginning to really just focus on that habit of, of getting back to it, making it small, making it clear, fantastic. Another really important idea for starting is not to start at the beginning. Starting is not the same as beginning at the beginning. <laughs> I have been prey to this so many times myself. It is such a waste of time or can be, and I have had to pull my students and clients out of this morass over and over again. So I have a lot of Empathy for that place in your brain that says, let's just go back to the beginning over and over again. Let's get that beginning right. Let's get the just right beginning. And then the project is gonna just unfold easily. I'm gonna be so clear. Only way I get clarity about what this is or what its shape is or is if I keep going back to the beginning. And that's the kiss of death. And that's why a lot of projects never get off the ground. I want you to jump in somewhere where you know what to do and where you have juice and energy. No, starting at the beginning and no starting with, I should do this, I have to tell them or do this first, unless it's absolutely physically necessary because you're working in a plastic art we make our starts so much harder and often grind to a halt and not finish because we do a lot of should work. Now I work primarily with writers. So for writers, it is, hey, I've got to tell the reader all this backstory. I've got to tell the reader all these facts. or I've got to tell them my entire body of work. I work with a lot of nonfiction writers and then I can get to the part that I'm really interested in. I'm like, no, 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 let's skip that part. If we need it, we're going to need it a lot less than you think. And it'll be a lot faster to put it in later. Maybe with a painter, maybe you do a bunch of backgrounds. Maybe you do them on some cheap paper just to try some new colors and start to think, mm, what background colors do I want to paint on the canvas or the wood or whatever you use? Maybe if you're a quilter, you start with looking at trim colors instead of the big overall pattern. Start someplace small. Some, start someplace where you have energy. Start someplace in the middle at the end. I want to speak now to the experienced creators and writers who know when they're starting that they may be really excited, but they also may be pre-exhausted in that you know what a big project takes. And sometimes we don't want to start because we're afraid we don't have it in us. So a couple of thoughts on that. One is you may not have it in you. You may not have it in you. Does the thought of leaving this project and not exploring it leave you bereft? Would you regret that if you died in the midst of creating it would you be like no I I don't regret it I was doing something I was really interested in so do a check like how much energy do I have for this number two for those of you who have a business around your creativity like I do maybe you need to really look at your schedule where's the time going to come from are you trying to squeeze 10 pounds of flour into a five pound bag as my grandmother used to say Because that may be what's stopping you from starting is you need to do a reality check. A lot of creative entrepreneurs, we are very good at minimizing (laughs) how long projects take and how much energy and space they need. And there may well be a part of you that's like, "Uh uh-uh, this is too much. It doesn't mean you can't spend five or 10 minutes on it a couple times a week. It doesn't mean that you can't do it in the future. I'm not taking it away from you, but notice if you were pissed that I was, because that's a sign you may need to do it but something may have to go or be finished first. I also want to say to experienced creatives, remember you're not marrying the project yet. You're just dipping your toes in. And this goes for new creatives or people who are working for themselves. When you decide to start something, remind yourself you're not in the future. You haven't, devoted the rest of every waking moment of your life to this. You're just dipping your toes in. You're just seeing within those teeny tiny containers, is there something here that has joy for me, that has meaning, that fits my mission, again, for those of us who have businesses, that It's going to help me with what I'm up to here in the world. Or is there just something I really, really want to do for myself because it fills me up? Yay, that's enough. Because we humans are so good at having an idea, imagining it being this huge, amazing and perhaps exhausting thing, and then deciding to give up on it in less than the time it takes to wash our hair. So don't do that to yourself. Keep bringing your focus back to each teeny tiny container and making them really small and really clear what their beginning and end is. After a month of doing those, sit down with someone you trust, another creative, a partner, and ask them to simply listen, not to make comments, not to fix, not to give advice. As you talk about what you've learned, what you've noticed, what you know now from this month of teeny tiny containers. And then maybe the shape or the clarity of the project and next steps will emerge, or maybe not. And then just decide: two more weeks, four more weeks of teeny tiny containers. You don't have to decide now. And that especially goes for those of us who are professionals, who are experienced creatives, because we're so used to scoping out a project and going, "Oh, this is what's going to take. This is how long. This is where it's going to fit." And so you might want to not do that if you have the time and energy. If you've decided you have the time and energy to explore, just let it be exploring for now. You can make those decisions later of how big of a project this may need to be and whether you want to do it or not. Okay, here's another idea for experienced creators and probably new creators as well. Does it have to be the shape you're imagining right now? I have a tendency to to want things to be big and grand. And what if there's a littler version of it? Maybe sketch a few of those possibilities out to take that threat defense response down and that sense of pre-exhaustion. Would you like to collaborate with someone in some way? It doesn't have to be the collaboration of we're partnering in our work, although that might be interesting, but is there some collaborations you could start warming up around possible marketing swaps or because getting the word out in the marketing is often what exhausts us the most? Or do you need a coach? Do you need a creative or other thought partner to work with you? You know, I work with a lot of really successful, experienced creatives they need help. Maybe they're doing something new, like writing a book for the first time about their body of work, and they're like, I have no idea how to do this. Or maybe they're transitioning in their style of art or creativity. So you don't have to do it alone. You really don't have to do it alone. All right, I've left the most important idea for last, because maybe you're going to really pay attention at the end while you're doing the dishes here, or driving, or whatever you're doing. The most important thing is do not come to the work cold just because you want to start, you have an inkling, you have an idea, you have a possibility, doesn't mean you're ready to actually start. Now, I am not saying go down the research hole. I am not saying you need to know more than you already know. That's almost always bullshit and a waste of time. And it's often a sneaky way that the patriarchy gets into our heads and says, oh, no, 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 you're not ready. All those people are ready. You need to go get another certification. I'm not saying any of that at all. But what I am saying is, Don't come to the work cold. Don't come to the computer, the notebook, the sketching, the studio cold. Tell yourself, tell someone else, tell your journal. I am going to start in a week or two weeks. And in the meantime, I'm going to sneak up on my project and fill my creative well. Your intention, and this is really important, your intention is to fill yourself up so much that you were about to burst. And then you start. And there's so much that wants to come out of you that you're like, oh my God, I can't wait. But then, then, then you stick to those teeny tiny containers. So the energy, the desire, the bubbling continues to grow and it makes it so much easier to go back the next day and the day after that and the day after that because you're not exhausting the inspiration, you're feeding it, you're continuing to feed it and leave some in the tank which is the exact opposite of what we usually do. The mental way that we approach starting is we make it a big ding-dang-do. We think, okay, now I'm starting, but what does starting actually mean and what am I starting? We haven't let ourselves sneak up on it, get excited, fill up the well. I think you'll find this approach game-changing, except, one caveat, if you fall into compare and despair, because let's say you decide to go read a bunch of poets before you write your poetry or you decide to look at a lot of artists or whatever your medium No, no, no. You're not comparing and despairing because there's only one of you. I know that is a cliche, but it's the truth. It's a scientific truth. But also orient your story, your narrative towards I'm filling up what excites me around my project. Don't just take in anything willy-nilly. Keep thinking about this little seed of an idea and being curious. Also, if you do tend to fall into compare and despair, then go fill yourself up outside of your medium. Go to music if you're a painter. Go to painting if you're a writer. That can work really well too to keep you out of that. Ah! All right, so I think this is a game changer. I hope you'll try it. I hope you'll try all of the ideas or any of the ideas that appeal to you. Hey, speaking of game changers, I hope that you will drop us a line and tell us what you're loving about the podcast. You can just send us an email to jen at jenniferloudon.com anytime. If you have a guest you want us to have on, if you have a, something you want me to talk about in a solo episode, I'd love to hear. And you know, I ask you this every week and I, met you, I bet you do it every week. Thank you. Thank you. And if you haven't yet, could you share this episode? Can you share it? to a friend, to three creative friends, to a creative group that you're part of. And you're like, I don't know any other creatives. What about your book group, church group? How about on social media? It's really easy. Wherever you listen to podcasts, maybe it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts. There's a little share button right there. You can just copy the link or share it directly to social media. Or you can always go to jenniferloudon.com. Click on podcast and we have a beautiful, easy way to share the podcast and the show notes there. There's always really good show notes there. So can you help us grow? It's really hard to grow a podcast. In the old days, it wasn't. My first podcast was easy to grow because there weren't any. (laughs) Now there's like a million and a half or something. And we're doing great and we're growing and we have amazing guests and we have amazing listeners. But if you can help us grow, that would be amazing too. And speaking of growing, my podcast was featured on the Profit Podcast. That's P-R-O-F-F-I-T-T. It's a great podcast about learning how to podcast successfully. So go listen to it wherever you find podcasts. All right. Thank you. Guess what we have next week. We have a really interesting guest. This is going to be super interesting for you who people who are writers, but also anybody who has to market your work because we're going to be talking about marketing. And that is Susan Shapiro. She's the author of the brand new book, The Book Bible. And she's also the author of The Byline Bible. She's author of a number of other books and bestselling memoir. And she teaches writers how to get published fast and successfully. I'm all about helping you make money so there'll be lessons for everybody, not just writers. But you writers, you are going to love this episode. So tune in next week to Susan Shapiro. And in the meantime, what are you going to do? Well, you are going to create out loud. Thanks for being here.